Welcome to another episode. My name's Jose Naharo, and today we are going to take a look at Activision's earning. I'm here in search for the best video game stock. I already did a video on EA Games. I did one on Take-Two Interactive Software. So, of course, now we got to do Activision. Like always, I have my buddies Bull Solo and Darth Bear ready to keep track of how the company is doing. So let's get started. All the information was taken from Activision's investors website. I also used Seeking Alpha to grab the transcript of the earnings call. And I also took a look at the SEC website to get the 10Q report. So the first slide is going to be revenue. Revenue earnings per share was $0.38. Cents. It did surprise beat by $0.12. Cents. Revenue was $1.2 billion and it did beat by $14 million. If you take a look at, the, um, at their 10Q report, they are going to show different numbers. They're going to show $0.43 cents for earnings per share and they're going to show $1.396 billion for revenue. And the difference is what I'm showing you is net bookings and what they show you in the 10Q is overall revenue. And every other company, every other gaming company decides to show actual net bookings because it shows what the company has really sold this quarter. We did see that there was a surprise beat in earnings per share and there was a surprise beat in revenue. So for that, Bull Solo starts off the game with the first point. So now let's take a look at net bookings. Like I mentioned, net bookings is equal to the total revenue minus any impact from deferrals. So deferral revenues is revenue, the revenue that was made a few quarters ago, but it's now being transferred to the income statement sheet because the company has finally delivered on their promise. So net bookings in reality, like I mentioned, is all the contracts made this quarter alone. And that's what really shows what the company is doing at this moment, right? Because the fur revenue, it's what it did in the past. Net bookings, it's what it did this quarter. And that's why it's so important to take a look at net bookings for this company. So quarter two, 2019, which is what we're taking a look now, had a net booking of $1.2 billion. Compared to quarter two of 2018, which had $1.385 billion of net bookings, that was a decrease of $178 million. That's definitely, definitely not looking good when we take a look at net bookings. They do explain that the net booking was primarily due to lower net bookings from the Destiny franchise. So this is one thing to keep in note, right? Destiny was so to Bungie in 2000, December of 2018. So right now, these quarter two 2018 net bookings include Bungie's Destiny's franchise, where quarter two 2019 do not include that. I don't know why they couldn't have shown us what the actual number was, not including Destiny, but they decided not to do the work for us, and that's kind of a pain. They also did recommend they also had lower net bookings from Overwatch. So right, because we have this negative decrease in net booking, is something I'm not liking. So I'm going to give a point to Darth Bear. And you know, I probably would have not given this a net booking if the only primary reason for the net booking being down was just due to the Destiny franchise. But it is due to Overwatch as well. So it's not only because they did have a less game. So now, right, just to take a look, year-to-date net bookings. So net bookings, year-to-date. So that started from quarter one and quarter two. So this is about six months of net booking. For this year, is $2.465 billion compared to last year's $2.769 billion, which is a decrease of about $300 million. 
and they say that, that the year to date was pri decrease was primarily due to lower net bookings from Call of Duty franchise. One of the reasons they say is they do have ex this is one thing I don't like. They do have an ex kind of an excuse for everything, um, but it was primarily driven because this time Call of Duty came out on October compared to a to November release last year. So that means people had net the revenue was collected. A month before, so the six months after, show a weaker, a weaker result, which in mathematically makes sense. But at the same time, I don't, I don't like hearing excuses, and it, it's something that I feel a company should not do. It makes, in my opinion, as a as a person investor, it makes me, it makes them look weak when I try to when I see stuff like this. Lower net bookings from World of Warcraft was down, primarily due to the prior year, including the expansion purchase. That one, in my opinion, makes sense. Right, last year they did include. The new World of Warcraft expansion, where this year they didn't have, where this six months they didn't have any expansion for people to buy. They also again lower net bookings from Overwatch. Lower Overwatch does seem to be a huge portion of this. So if you guys have been to have taken a look at my past videos, I do try to see the revenue breakdown of net bookings and try to see how much of it is new game sales, how much of it is is others, and how much of it is in-game content which features like virtual currencies extra dlc packs and other portions so one thing i have noticed about this video game companies is that the in-game content virtual currency extra dlc packs are such a huge portion of total revenue and here unfortunately activision didn't break it down for us so i really had to dig deep um they don't really talk about how net booking is distributed from this portion alone so I had to do some some digging up and in the earnings transcript they actually mention it once they do say that income content features and service delivers approximately 800 million of in-game net bookings this second quarter so that means 66% of net bookings this quarter and the 57% of total revenue is based on in-game content feature and service and services so that's a huge percentage and I don't like to see that. And I've been giving negative one points or I've been giving a points to Darth Bear because of this to the past companies. So just to keep things alike, I'm definitely going to give a point to Darth Bear here. So here I mentioned, right, we're going to just take a look at revenue by platform. Here there's going to be no points. It's just for us to, to take a look at, at where the company's money is going. So we can see the company is broken down into four sections, console, PC, mobile, and other. So consoles are 29%, PC is 26%, mobile is 37% of the total revenue, and other is 8%. So that makes up the 100% of the $1.396 billion of revenue collected this year. We take a look at the year-to-year -year increase. The company is reducing in the sales so 28% decrease in consoles 20% decrease in PC but only a 2% decrease in mobile so we can see revenue has decreased about 15% from same quarter last year so revenue did decrease 15% from same quarter last year but out of that 15% mobile seems to be one of the only that's been flatlined others has increased by 13% and console and PC dropped down by double digits, high double digits, 28% for consoles and 20% for PC. So it's definitely something to take a look at. So then digital sales, digital sales this quarter, 78% were made online. 
Uh, 14% were made from retail channels and others were made 8%. Again, this is taking a look at that $1.396 billion of revenue. We see that 15% decrease in total revenue compared to a year ago. 14% decrease sale in digital online sales, 31% decrease in retail channels. So you, we can see, right, one thing we're seeing is the retail physical copies is definitely going to be a dying, a dying breed soon. And we can see here it's, it's, it's pretty low when it dropped 31% year to year. Others increased 13% and digital and online sales, like I said, decreased 14%. So next, we're going to take a look at companies' future plans. First, ATDI has a four-pillar plan of investing on their big-name products. So one thing that this company wants to do is only invest on their main franchise. So that would be World of Warcraft, that would be Warcraft, um, Call of Duty, Kings. So these are their plans. They, have, they want to do major content release, live operations, franchise expansion to mobiles. That's definitely one of the new things. And we're seeing that because they're trying to release like Diablo, Diablo for mobile, they're trying to release Call of Duty for mobile, and new engagement models. They did see encouraging early progress in several of their flagship franchises with the new in-game content and delivering improved for quarter two trends. So that's pretty good that their overall future plan is working out for the moment, but they do say it's pretty early to tell. So one thing I didn't talk about is just their breakdown of companies. So Activision is made up of of three companies. So you have Activision, which has games like Call of Duty. You have Blizzard, which has games like Warcraft, Starcraft, um, Hearthstone, mainly PC games. Where Activision has mainly has mainly console games with is heavily in console games with Call of Duty. It also has Crash Bandicoot, right? Then we have King, which is a mobile franchise, and that includes Candy Crush and all of Candy Crush similarities. So that's pretty good, right? They do have they have one thing to note is they do have games in mobile platform, PC platform, and console platforms. And all the games in these these three franchises are all pretty strong competitors. They're they're lead games in the sector, right? I'm pretty sure World of Warcraft is the one of the biggest if not the biggest mmo we have call of duty being one of the biggest shooter franchise we have overwatch being another one we have hearthstone being one of the best trading card games out there so this company we have starcraft and warcraft being some of the best simulation type games and we have candy crush being one of the best mobile games so this company definitely has a strong franchise to to deliver on and they have a, a nice portfolio a nice strong portfolio so their portfolio might be pretty tight compared to other companies but it is pretty is defended with really strong games right so their their games are are definitely known in in any household so continue future plans for the company one thing is they are the remaining industry leaders in esports and that's pretty good that they they definitely have they have we know overwatch and call of duty are both pretty big on esports i think that might be it but they will broaden the audience of Call of Duty even further through the, through the launch of Call of Duty Global Leagues. They already sold eight teams, all at a premium price compared to the initial Overwatch League, League team sales with superb owners. And they're selling them at a higher price. The 2019 season of Overwatch League continues to break viewership records. So that's pretty good, right? So this is another thing. They're not only doing video games, but they're also doing eSports. E and this content is creating great opportunities for broadcasters to, 
sponsors and advertisers so they are collecting revenue here and it can lead to great opportunities in the future so future more future plans they do have call of duty mobile and it's currently going to have a soft launch in canada and australia sometime this quarter they do have early performance that show that this is going to be a great game that they're showing great great interest on october 25 they have the rebirth of the original modern warfare Call of Duty, which I think was a, what's one of my favorite Call of Duty games to play. They are they did release Hearthstone's latest expansion this week, and they are launching World of Warcraft Classic globally on August 27th. And then the team will continue to support Overwatch with new content and event. Is preparing for the release of Warcraft 3 Reforged later this year. So they have a decent portfolio. I don't say it's the best compared to the other companies we have we have seen, but they are releasing. They are updating their games, which is a good thing. And based on the other future plans with esports and how they're doing with that, I am going to give a point to Bull Solo here. The next, we're going to take a look at game updates. And here, we're going to take a look at monthly active users. So, monthly active users is exactly what it is. They record about how many individual monthly active users they have. Um, so, they have here by quarter Activision had 37 million this quarter, Blizzard had 32 million. King had 258 million and overall was a total of 327 and we can see King is one of the biggest thing but that's because it is in the mobile platform with Candy Crush one of the best games in the mobile network so one thing you guys are going to see here is like you're seeing all these great things and monthly active users have been increasing quarter uh, have been increasing that's what Blizzard is telling us and yes but one thing you have to see is all these monthly active users are increasing after some big in-game content has come in. And this is something that actually makes sense, right? If something new is coming out for a game, old players that stop playing would probably come in just for the first few months to take a look at new game content. So we can see, right, everything here has increased, has increased since X has been updated. And they do talk about that in a bit, but it's something we're going to see here. They show it to us that it's great news. But if we take a look at the 10Q report, which I'm going to do in a bit, it, it shows us something else. So now let's get to the real business, right? So monthly active users, like I said, the number of, of monthly active users for a given period can be significantly impacted by the timing of new content release since new releases may cause a temporary surge in MAUs. And it's what we saw were with what Activision reported, right? They were reporting great numbers after each update on a game. But let's take a look how it really is. So here, for monthly active users, you guys already see the negative one there. So that means Dark Bear is going to get a point. But let me tell you why. Average MAUs decreased by 18 million or 5% for the three months quarter to quarter. So this is reporting three months. Um, a quarter two compared to quarter one. The decrease was in average MAUs for King, and there was, and the, the main reason is there was a heavy decrease in average monthly active users for King and Activisions. In King, it was mainly driven by the decrease from the Candy Crush franchise, even though they mentioned in their slideshow that Candy Crush was increasing year to year. We can see monthly active users have decreased. Decrease in Activisions. Um, was primarily due to the decrease from Call of Duty franchise. Even though Call of Duty franchise was doing so much better, this um, Black Ops 2 was doing so much better 
than World War II. I can see it's the way the word thinks that makes it seem like the company is doing pretty good. But in reality, things are different in the 10Q report. So average MAUs decreased by 25 million or seven months when we compared quarter two of this year to quarter two of last year. And here they do give me again some excuses. They do say that the decrease in kings and here they do give me some excuses and some of these excuses make sense, right? So they say the average, the lower average MAUs in Activision was primarily due to the Call of Duty franchise and also the absence of Destiny. So that again, that that makes sense, right? There's Destiny wasn't wasn't um, Destiny's no longer included, so I, I'll give them that one. Then they also lower average MAUs for Blizzard was primarily due to lower MAUs for Overwatch and Hearthstone. Um, so these I, I actually was gonna give them was gonna give them a, a leeway if this counted Blizzard because during that time was when when World of Warcraft came out. So I thought that surge that we talked about would have happened here, but that actually wasn't the case here. They talk about Overwatch and Hearthstone. So these um, to me is not looking pretty good for Blizzard. So like I mentioned, Darth Bear gets a point. Shareholder reprint. So here they do have a repurchase program on January 31st, 2019. Board of Director allowed a $1.5 billion of common stock to be repurchased. And they have this until earlier. They have they have this 1.5 billion allowed them until February 13th of 2021. At the moment, though, they have not repurchased any shares under this program. So this company still has 1.5 billion dollars to repurchase. One question is first, I'm gonna give a point to Bull Solo to Bull Solo for this because right, it's always good to have shareholder return. But one question to me is this was decided in January 31st. And as of June 30th, this company has not bought back any shares. Like, what are they doing? Are they waiting for a price to decrease or something? Why or have they not bought even like a million dollars, a hundred million dollars of that $1.5 billion? That's a, that's a question um, that I, I'm asking myself now after rereading this. But it's always good to have the shareholder return purchase. So I, I definitely gave a point to Bull Solo. So debt for debt as of June to th- 30th, 2019, this company has a total outstanding debt of 2.7 million dollars, bearing interest at a weight of 3.18 percent. So at first, I'm just gonna give a point to Darth Bear because of this debt, but um, this debt is actually not that scary with an average weight of 3.18. 3.18 percent is nothing. And if we take a look at the timeline, only a hundred, only one billion of that rate of that debt is due in these next two months, in these next two years, three years actually, four years, three years. 2021 is due 650, and 2022 is due 400. Then we have 2026, 2027, and even 2047. So for this, I'm not gonna give a point to either Bull Solar or Darth Bear. It's definitely not a good debt to. It's not good to have that, but the debt does not seem to be um, anything crazy. So, but it's good to take a note. We'll take a look at how their cash and cash equivalents are in the next episode to see if the balance sheet is definitely um, stable in this way. So now we have the dark side slide. The company has a small portfolio of games compared to other companies. They are seeing decrease in MAUs in they are seeing decrease in monthly active users and net bookings year to year. 
He wanted esports begins to slow down. They are taking a huge phase off. They do have a small amount of upcoming gains compared to other companies. In life services, 66% of this company's total revenue this quarter. What if slow down happens? People might still buy games, but they will stop buying extra content. So this is true, right? Darth Bear does make a good point with all these points. The company compared to other portfolios does have a smaller in-game portfolios. But one thing we did mention, right? All these games might might have a smaller portfolio, but these games pro hold a bigger weight compared to the other companies, right? World of Warcraft is no World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Starcraft, Call of Duty, like I've mentioned, all these are pretty strong games. The thing they are seeing decrease in the MAUs. I can't really really give them a vouch on that one. Esports, right? What if they do see a slowdown at the moment? It does not seem like that's gonna happen. But it is it is it is something to to always keep in mind of. Like what if esports begins to slow down? That's something to just remember are the risks, right? It doesn't mean it's gonna happen, right? I do think esports is a good step in the future, and we're seeing that pretty much everywhere. Um they do have a small amount of upcoming games compared to other companies, but most of their games and most of the games seem to be updates of sorts. Most of their future things seem updates. Um, and they did like life service is a huge percentage of revenue this quarter. But um, to me, that no longer is a bearish point, And we'll talk about that in the next video. Now we're going to take a look at the outlook based on the company. So these are results outlooks based on what the company gives us. So they expect revenue to be $6.19 billion and they say earnings per share to be $1.41. And you, can, you guys can see that negative one point. So it's going to be a point for Darth Bear because let's compare the current numbers of last year. So let's compare the numbers of last year. Revenue was last year was $7.5 billion. Compared to 6.19 billion that they expect this 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 year, earnings per share last year were two dollars and 38 cents. Where this year they expect one dollar and 41 cents. The one thing I do hear is a lot of people talking how Activision has dropped over 50 percent in stock price. Wait, it was as high as 80 dollars, and now it's at 46. And this this right here is the major reason because of that. Look at that slowdown in revenue and earnings per share. And for that reason, you know who gets the point. Bull Darth Bear. Not Bull Bear. Darth Bear gets a point here. So next, we'll take a look at the outlook based on analysis. They do expect $2.18 earnings per share this quarter. And I tend to follow analysis better because Activision has a knack of giving very low, very low guidance for the quarter. And they have they beat quarter one guidance that they showed. And they beat quarter two guidance as well. But that's because they gave themselves such low guidance. And I do expect that's going to happen for the year to year. So they expect $1.41 where analysis says, psych, you're going to give us $2.18. Uh, for 2020, they're saying $2.50 of, 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 of earnings per share. So we can see the company is going back to a nice uptrend in healthy earnings per share growth. The physical year of revenue, they expect $6.33 billion of revenue this year compared to what um, Activision tells us of $6.2 billion. So it's not too far behind here. And for the next year, they expect almost $7 billion in revenue. So we can see this company is definitely growing over time and it's definitely showing strong growth, which is a good, a good thing. 
Next, what would I value this company at? So when I took a look at this, EA had a forward PE ratio of 20.0. ATVI had a forward PE ratio of 22.3. TTW had a forward PE ratio of 27.43. On average, on average for Activision, PE fluctuates somewhere between 15 to 30. Based on everything we saw, I would be okay with the 18 to 20 PE ratio for the 2021 earnings per share of 2.5. So that most I would pay for this company would, at the moment would be $50. So that means at the moment, it's still a buy. I, I would still say a buy for Activision. But uh, I'm not in search to see if the company is worth a buy. My thing right now is to find a company based, the best video game company, right? And just because I give the most I would pay for this company is 50 it doesn't mean that the most... That's that's what I would sell this company at, right? I think it might be worth a little more value than $50, but I would feel extremely comfortable if I bought this anywhere below $50. And I think I I can I think anything below $50 I would be able to provide me with great value. But like I said, um I'm not in here searching for the for a, a video game stock to invest in. I'm here to search for the best video game stock to invest in. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. That's it for today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to give me a thumbs up. And let me know which one you think is going to win. Next, we're going to take a look at, at Activision's total sheet, um, all the financial documents, and see how the company is doing. And after that, we're going to do the final episode to decide which is the best gaming company. So take care, guys. Have a good night. And see you next time.